Welcome to the Being Irish podcast. This is a podcast about our experiences of being Irish. With very little research. Yeah, please don't reference us. Please don't cite us. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Patrick. And my name is Porik. This week we'll be talking about the weather. In its many, many varied glories, mostly wet, since this is Ireland. Yeah, and it is right now absolutely lashing outside. It has been done for, for a while. Actually, we're in Cork right now, and this is what our third time to sit down and record, and every time we've done so, we've been somewhere different. Yes, and it has been raining in each location. In each location. Um, that's hardly surprising, though, is it? No, it's consistent. Yeah. That's the word I'd like to use. It's yeah. it's it's like it's typical. Um it's winter. Yeah. Which, sort of which may skew things in a certain direction weather wise. True. In Dublin it was a very soft rain because I, I found that like, well, for a while I was living in, like, Minute, Lee Slip area. And that was my first time living that far on the East Coast for a while. And I would, sometimes I would look out the window and I would go, Huh, look, it's raining. And that was the exact same reaction I had when I lived in Galway when it wasn't raining. It was always kind of a much softer rain in Dublin. Whereas in Galway, it was, there was a million different types of rain. But yes. you could be assured it was raining. That's the one thing. You didn't even have to look out the window. You knew it was raining. Well, one presumed it was <coughs> raining. But if you didn't presume that, then you just got wet. <laughs> it, it was one of those things. I mean, like, allowing for the fact that um, you would have either rain or then intense sunshine, which resulted in sweating, one way or the other, you are going to come out of the situation mm. fairly damp. Yeah. You know, and either it was going to be the... Slightly more, in my opinion, preferable damp due to being soaked through to the skin rather than that rather awkward, clingy, kind of sticky, sweat damp. Yeah, that comes from the inside because you've not really worn, well, let's say something like Gore-Tex or some fabric that's going to wick. Exactly. Yeah. Because wicking technology has only come to Ireland in a very... In very recent years, effectively, not yeah. in a kind of widespread manner. It's become very affordable quite recently. Yes. I mean, yeah. like, we're moving with the times, you know, um, and it's cheaper to get things from China now. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know where stuff came from originally, but I always sort of had, like, a good coat that was sort of, I don't know, cotton or something. But, like, when it got wet, that was it. That was the end. It was game over. It was just soggy. It was an extra few kilograms on you for the day. Now I have a like fairly affordable jacket. I think I purchased it for fifty euro. The water beads on it, wicks the sweat away from the. It's the magic garment, really. Yeah, I see. I have come to appreciate um, wicking technology um, ever since started starting running and hiking. Hiking in particular, because with hiking, there's a lot of like layering. It's all about yeah. layering. And it makes so much sense when you think about it. I mean, like, oh, yeah. the weather changes in Ireland quite often. We like variable weather. Now, yeah. it may be just different levels of damp, different amounts of rain we're dealing with, but that can make a significant difference to how you're approaching that situation. Yeah. You know, because, like, you can get away with wearing a fleece when it's just a little damp out. It's a misty. That's yeah. fine. Okay, know. it won't be too sponge-like yes, to begin exactly. with. Yeah. But then... If it's actually, you know, if it's raining properly, then you're going to need something that's actually waterproof to actually, yeah. you, know, you, you want it kind of like sliding off you. Yeah. And then that wonderful combination of wet and cold where you actually need layers. <sighs> that, that, yeah, that is a nasty one. Yeah. And then you yeah. either have to commit to uh, having that big bulky jacket, you know, yeah. which you then start sweating inside of if you're wearing mm. it for any length of time or as the hiking community has learned out. You started with layers, and you're building up from yeah, it. and even your base layer wicks. Exactly. So everything's wicking out to some point. Merino wool. That's a thing. Yeah. 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 If you can get get a nice merino wool base layer for cheap in the sale somewhere, but the point is that 
there are lots of different types of scenarios in Ireland where you're going to get wet. Yes. Mountains are, are weird because they change so fast. Like if you're, say, out in Connemara somewhere, I haven't really hiked down here in Munster, but I've done a bit out in Connemara. It changes very, very quickly at the top of a mountain. So you, you need to make sure that you're geared appropriately. And I, I hear a lot of people say, that, oh, Irish people never dress for the weather. Well, I, I think we, we do. Like we dress as best we can for the sea. Definitely you'd notice in Galway when you're wandering through. People in the West seem to be a bit more practical. Like if you compare it, I've been living in Dublin for a while. People in Dublin are more into their style and so on. But guess what? It doesn't rain as much over there. It's kind of grey and overcast a lot of the time. But I look out the window and I go, I probably won't get rained on much. Or if I do, I can stand in out of it. See, now this is the thing. I think if you come from a built-up area, you always work off the presumption that there is shelter <coughs> somewhere nearby. Whereas if you come from a rural area, you have to presume the worst. Yeah. In which case, like you're a mile away from the closest... like. Eve, oh yeah, Eve of a house or something sure. like that. I mean, like you could stand under, under a tree, but if you ever stood under a tree when it's actually raining, that just means it's less rain. <laughs> like, like it, like in the overall area, it's just more condensed into larger droplets that just hit you. Yeah, you know, they just they save it up. Yeah, and then splash right down the back of your neck. Exactly, yeah. and and once it gets down the back of your neck, it is pretty much game over. It's the same thing as like if you're actually hiking again. And you make the misfortune of getting one of your feet wet. That's oh, it. That's just the worst. You're done. There is no, there is no recovery from that. The minute that water has gone inside of your boot, once it's got past whatever protective measures you have taken, like you have put on your gaiters, you know, you yeah. you have the right like hiking boots. Everything's laced up to lines. But no, your 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 foot is currently underwater, and you have not been able to extract it fast enough. That's it. You just have soggy feet. I was going up the side of a mountain with the Gollum Engineering Club from the university one time, and we were li- we were literally, I'd say, twenty minutes. Just we were on that like prelude, really, up to the side of the mountain, the bit where you're like, and now we're going to start hiking, you yeah. know. And my foot went right down into a bog hole, and I was like, oh, jeez, oh no, because we're going to be out here for a good a good four or five hours, I would say. And this was right at the beginning. So I put my foot up as quick as I could. And I was waiting for it. You know that bit, like maybe where you've cut yourself and you're just waiting for the blood to pour. And you're like, oh, no, it never came. I I swear to God, I was waiting for about half an hour. I was like, it's going to soak through any second. second. But uh, good Gore-Tex boots. Yep, no. And rewarp proof. For those of you who are out there who may be listening, just remember this. Just because you've got boots, that means... You've got them. That doesn't mean that they're going to stay good forever. you got to look after them. you got to put the time in. Do Waterproof people, your boots. Do people wear wax jackets anymore? I never see anyone wear wax jackets. That's something you had to re-waterproof. You had to kind of reapply the wax. It might be something that people still wear. I don't know. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting point. I think like technology's moved on so much now that you, if you, as you've already pointed out, if you go into um, any outdoors store, everything now has some form of text. In it, yeah, it's Gore Tex or Tress Tex, or hopefully not Syntex, but you know, yeah, that was uh, a short lived but exciting time for everyone involved. <laughs> Waterproof, we couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, okay, technically, highly waterproof. That was the reason that they thought it was a good idea. However, <laughs> however, it was those you know, sudden impacts that it didn't handle so well, yeah, you know, well. Let's move along. Swiftly. <laughs> Swiftly. <laughs> so, well, yeah, damp. Damp is a serious problem here. And we, we talk about it a good bit. Like you were saying earlier, buddy, like that horrible feeling that you get on the inside when you live in somewhere that, where it rains a lot, but also it's very, very humid. And so you try to keep it uh, out yeah. wearing a nice jacket. And then you just realize, actually... It's like 85% humidity here and now I'm sweating and I'm in a puddle of my own sweat and that's a different type of damp. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. Jeans. As a nation, we yeah. wear a lot of jeans. We do. We do. It's and weird. jeans are a complicated choice in Ireland. They are. Yeah. It's not just a case, I mean like, jeans, hard wearing, you know. Yeah, stylish. Stylish. Yeah. You know, like, there, there are a number of good reasons to actually invest in a pair of jeans. Um, I have a number of pairs of jeans. However, 
they are not always your friend. Not if you're spending any amount of time walking outdoors. No, they're not. And a lot of hiking clubs actually won't even let you wear jeans. Like you are not allowed to wear jeans on, on hiking trips. But that is for a very good reason. Because it's smart. Also, yes. because I think it's the type of rule that you don't need to tell anybody who's ever really gone hiking that you shouldn't wear jeans. Yeah. But if you've somebody come along to you know, a, a mountaineering club or a hiking club or whatever. Yeah, and they often have visiting students and so on. Exactly. Yeah. And they're obviously, they're, they're trying something out. This is not something that they've done before. And they're probably not going to have much in the way of, like, gear to start with, you know. Right. Then they may show up with jeans. And you really want to nip that in the bud. Because if there's anything that's going to kill your nascent love of the great outdoors yep. is spending a half an hour outside in even halfway pelting rain, having your jeans get entirely soaked and then the, experiencing that wonderful chafing sensation as those clingy jeans try to rub the skin off your legs yeah. every time you move them. That, that bit with the seam just on the inside of oh. like, yeah. Because yeah. at this stage, the actual twill part of the jean has just, you know, gotten soaked up all the water and it's rubbed the flesh of your legs pretty raw. Yeah. And then you have that tough bit just scraping across it. Because when we talk about wicking, wicking also, it works its way up. So yeah. at a certain point, the jeans, they, they work their way in. So <laughs> yeah. that, that pair of boxes that you were wearing, that's that's now soaked through. So everything, everything down there is getting increasingly clammy and tight and awkward and like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like it's, and if you're hiking with a group, it's not like you can just go, hang on there, I'll, uh, I'll just pop these off because for starters, they're stuck to you. So <laughs> you're going to need about three or four people to help you get those oh off. Oh God, and probably taking wet jeans off. Yeah, and a tweezers. You're going to need oh a pair of those. Oh God. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and you've got like big hiking boots on as well and, a lot of mountains are covered with bog of some sort. Yeah, you've committed um, at that yeah. point. You are, you are, you are like so far in to the hike that there is no literal turning back because now the closest way home is to keep on going yeah, forward. The only way is forward. But there is no dry. There's no dry in your near future. No. Even if, even if the sun has come out, it is now blazing down. It is the most wonderful day imaginable. You, yep. are, you are in that atypical Irish summer, which means that it has just shown up without any warning. And now everyone's rapidly trying to figure out if they remembered to bring on sunscreen. Because, <laughs> Christ, we need it now. Because we're just out in the open and exposed. Yeah. And you've already, however, gotten soaked. Then those jeans don't dry out in any kind of like reasonable time frame. No. No. no, no. They, they, you're you're going to have to work through that. Because you might get an outer layer dry. You might get, like, the front part of it. But the inside of your legs and the inside of your yeah. thighs? No. And then, like you said, further up as well, if there's another layer of material under that. Yes. It's, it's like, and you, you, you finally get dry sometime around 9 o'clock that evening when you're in the pub beside the fire. And mm. it's too late at that stage. Yeah, at which point the jeans have now been baked onto you. <laughs> And when you eventually stand up, there will be a very distinct cracking noise. <laughs> I'm so surprised that so many farmers wear jeans, actually, when they're out and about. I think it's kind of a, um, I don't know, it's a, I don't want to say, rite of passage is not the right way of phrasing this. I think it's just one of those practical trade-offs for a yeah. farmer. They're hard-wearing. They're hard-wearing, they're exceptionally hard-wearing, mm. and you just have to get on with it. And you can get away a lot more with wearing jeans on the farm because it's also much more likely that you might be wearing overalls or you might be wearing a heavy jacket over it in the first place. Or like, there's a lot of stuff going on. And frankly, everything smells of silage to start with. Yeah, true. You can probably get a cheap, cheap ass pair of jeans somewhere like Dunsorters or Pennies for, I don't know. Whatever. Eight, eight quid. You know, and then you just like, you just wear shoes. It's not a fashion statement on a farm. You just need something. Just while we're on while I mentioned pennies, I think we mentioned pennies before. It's 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 as Irish as a cup of tea, really, at this stage. And I I think for anyone who who isn't Irish and is listening, if anyone ever says to you, "Oh, that's really nice," it doesn't matter what it is, 
your your immediate answer should be thanks uh eight euros and pennies would you believe that yeah yeah they could be saying that about your haircut you could be like eight euros and pennies yeah would you believe it it's a thing yeah and you know what i think it's a great thing it's like i know that we kind of take it for granted but any time that you have a need for just getting something cheap and cheerful a place like Pinnies, when it comes to clothing, is exactly what you want. Like yeah. you, you just want to get t-shirts, or you just need a pair of jeans. For something like, how many times have people in this country gotten a part-time job and suddenly found themselves desperately in need of a black pair of trousers and a white shirt? Yeah, you, know, you can't really go wrong with having those things. Exactly. You know, but most places will be happy if you're wearing that exactly it's the type of like box standard uniform starting kit that most people can expect that, that they might actually need if they end up in any kind of retail or service type job sure? but typically the only ones that we start out with are good ones because we do have we have good clothes yeah we've got everyday clothes so like how many actual black pants do you own that don't belong to a suit none possibly probably none and I have black jeans that doesn't count that doesn't count well yeah. it could count you might be able to get away with it but yeah. are they good are they good black jeans oh god no no well see that's alright <laughs> but this, this this is the conversation that you have in your own head is like going well I have I have to wear black pants trousers jeans and a white shirt but the only white shirt that I have is a dress shirt that I got in hmm. secondary school for my fucking devs which is like something that happened. Oh, when my grandmother died. Sure. You yeah. know, that's when the, when the white shirt suddenly yeah. became a thing that I needed to or have. Or when you're going on holidays, because God knows you won't get the sun in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, well, okay, we're, we're going to wherever it is. It's going to be very, very sunny there. Uh, and you just you walk in, you get your polo shirts, your whatever else you, you need, because you, well, I, I don't own shorts, because what the hell would I need shorts for in Ireland? It, I have shorts. I mean, I haven't worn them in Ireland. Right. What do you, do you have them like for running or something? I have like I have shorts, like running shorts, okay, which are for running. Yeah. But I but I have what I think you're talking about, which is more like the actual cutoffs. Yeah, that you know, you'd like, wear like, around like Bermuda short type. Sure. Thing. Yeah, I, I I've worn them overseas. Do you have a pair of wellies? Yes. They're behind me. Ah, so they are. Yeah. There you go. I don't currently own a pair of wellies. I think the literal order was we moved into this house and then I bought a pair of wellies. And I may have done that before I bought a kettle. Now, it was raining a lot. <laughs> it was raining a lot on the way in here, but it didn't seem quite that bad. Uh, I walked uh, in here in a pair of runners. So. All I'm saying is is that you grow up in the west of Ireland, you come yeah. to appreciate that having a pair of wellies is just something that you should have because you never know when you're going to need them. Well, no, that's true. And I really ought to like, go out and get a pair of wellies because they're just so, they're so bloody practical in this country. Also, frankly, not having a pair of wellies beside my back door would be somewhat weird for me. Like, like mm. this is my house. This is where I live. Yeah. So now I have a, a pair of my own wellies beside the back door because that's how I grew up. Yeah, no, I would have as well. So I probably should have But, you know, I live in a very metropolitan area. You live now, in a flat. I live in a flat and yeah. it's very well... Your back door uh, leads onto a balcony. Yeah, which looks onto a, you know, a very nicely paved street with street lights and so on. I mean, I would... The most dangerous thing that might happen to me is um, I could trip on one of the many twigs that are now on the pavement <laughs> after the very stormy weather we've been having recently. And apparently those twigs just do not pick themselves up. Um, but do you know, actually, all, all along where I live there, you, you, you've been there. Yeah. And down around, anywhere down around there, around the, the River Daughter, what, what it's really bad for is in the autumn. Mm. The leaves fall. Mm. They turn into a bit of a sludge. They yes. move along into the drains. And then it rains and rains and rains and rains. And that water does not go anywhere. And then if you're really, really unlucky, the River Daughter floods and takes out uh, most of Balls Bridge with it. Well, I think this is a, a this is an apt tr- time to actually bring up flooding. Because, to be fair, if we're going to talk about the rain in Ireland, then we also have to talk about flooding. flooding. Which is, I think, to be fair, what... What we've come to fear as a real natural disaster in this country. Yeah. Like, we don't get earthquakes and volcanoes. No, we don't get anything exotic. Nothing yeah. like that. 
Uh, we're not going to get a tornado very often. Um, not a twister, like except a small. Those little ones. ones, the dust devils that you get out in the bog. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and whilst we have endured, and I say that was strongly, mm-hmm. um, some hard winters. That was mostly us not being able to handle it all that well and not them being particularly, you know, being on the inner yeah. world time to actually, you know. We've had a couple of cold ones. We've there, had a couple there, of cold ones. There have been yeah. some pretty, pretty nasty cold ones. And I grew up expecting snow that would stick. Now, not this nonsense, like it's going to snow tomorrow. And you're like, well, it's been raining for four days. So that's definitely not going to stick. No, no, I'd like s- snow back home was like really what's the word I'm looking for here it was rare because of the fact that you know it was mostly just really cold rain yeah well you're right on the coast on the west coast there snow snow back home was the promise of snow there was always (laughs) the promise of snow somewhere in the future there was always that hope that one of these days when they said it was going to snow on the news that it was actually going to be the type of snow that you saw on TV. Yeah, it would shut down the school. Yeah, <laughs> the, the type of snow that you could actually look out and call that's actual snow. Yeah. Snow that a snowman could be built in. Oh, snow that you could actually yes. throw snowballs in. And not, not <clears throat> what we typically got, which was snow which you could build a snowman in. Like, best case scenario, he might be a very gritty snowman. Right. You know, because at a certain point when you're trying to roll up the snow, you're just picking up an awful lot of, you know, like whatever is underneath it because yeah. we don't have the layer. It's and you're, 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 you're finding as much snow as you can. So you're having to accumulate it from anywhere that's like Inside flat. of that freezer. Yeah. Yes, to scrape like, it out. And you have to kind of take whatever you get. So if it's up the top of a wall, you get a bit of moss here and there. and like there's Bulk it out. Yeah, bulk it with whatever you can. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like a stew. Just bulk less, it out. You know, like try to hollow out the center so you're not like the structural inter- integrity <laughs> kind of goes out the window somewhat. And of course, snow fights largely just mean having a slightly colder rock thrown at your head effectively. Nice. Yeah. yeah thankfully, it was a little bit uh, fluffier, the snow. <laughs> that we got in the Midlands. You forget how cold it gets in that. Now, if there's anyone Canadian or Polish or someone listening, they're like, cold. What is wrong with you people? You get so cold in Canada in the winter. You know, my eyelashes just moved to Mexico. I had my hair freeze once. Really? Yeah, but I was literally... Were you wearing it when it happened? And I was in a freezing fog cloud. Or a freezing cloud. It was freezing and we were at cloud level that was basically it there was snow on the ground but my hair froze the closest i've come to that was actually when i was in budapest a couple of years ago. i can't, can't remember was that 2007 it was the coldest winter in europe since 1939 mm. and that year they gave wine to the monkeys and vodka to the elephants in russia people, loads of people like hundreds of people died all over europe and we were in budapest and i think it was like minus 25 degrees or something um, and you know you get up and you went to the shower and it was lovely and warm in the hostel and you stick your head outside the window to have a look and you could actually hear your hair beginning to harden it was like oh, oh my god oh my god why did I do this we have had in recent memory two of our coldest winters yeah. um, that anyone seems to be able to actually recall yeah. like living memory type stuff and I know that one of them we reached like minus 15 back home. Yeah, which, which is almost the record. The record is minus 19.1 degrees, and that was Marquis. Is that how you say it? Marquis Castle. And that was in 1881. Uh, yeah, and they could have been guessing that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're like, well, how did... Like, we, we talked about this before, about, like, information from way back. You're like, mm, how yeah. reliable is that? And I love the fact that information from last Thursday is a bit kind of hit and miss... Yeah. At the best of times. And our penchant uh, as a nation for, you know, stories oh, growing. God, can it was it was minus nine, granddad. No, no. It was minus a hundred if it was a degree. Yeah. You're like, uh, could, should we split the difference and say it was minus 19.1? Yeah. 
that sounds a bit raw. Yeah. All right, fine, fine. It was really cold. <laughs> <laughs> Quantifiably, though. I had to get the shovel out of the back shed. To... But that was it. I mean, like, we had these two winters where, like, I'm very fond of, of saying this. It was a situation that got so ridiculous that the Archie News literally had a reporter at the docks waiting for the grit to arrive. We ran oh, I remember out that. of salt. Yeah. We ran out of road salt and effectively, like, there might be like three snowplows in the entire country, you know? And unfortunately, th- at a certain point, everyone just gave up on the roads because trying to yeah. get the gritters out was beyond reason because the gritters themselves were just plowing themselves <laughs> they were trapped. into ditches, okay? <laughs> They couldn't, they couldn't, unless somebody was actually willing to try to stand things backwards and wait a certain length of time and then slowly crawl, they might have been able to do something. But I think that might have been asking a bit, frankly. Yeah. Um, at a certain point, we just were, we were just cold. We were just frozen over and we had, we had more snow than we knew what to do with. Was that 2010? It was around then, I think. I think it was, yeah, that was a, that was a big freeze. There was one winter, and I it might have been that winter, and it was a really weird one. It was so cold. I think it might have been two thousand and ten. It was there was a lot of snow. There was a lot of ice. It well, back would to like what I, and, and back then, granddad. Yeah, no, no, and it, and then um, it had also flooded before yes. this. It had flooded, and then the snows came. And I remember there was one stretch, and it was near uh, a road that was near Gort. Uh, the water got quite deep so the road became impassable and down that part of the country down around Clare and South Galway that seems to be fairly common happened last uh, winter as well which mm. was uh, 2015 well not last winter 2016 winter of 2015 a lot of floods down there as well no one would no one could do anything about it but then the really hard snows came and it froze over mm. and again no one would do anything and some very um a, a ingenious, I suppose, enterprising farmer, maybe. He, he didn't own up to whoever it was, had a, a digger or something, went down and just scooped it out while it was still ice and just flung it over the nearby hedgerow into a field and suddenly the road was passable again. Uh, yes. Um, obviously, he couldn't own up to it because you're not supposed to do that, I suppose, for insurance reasons or whatever else. Yeah. The council were probably supposed to come out and do it. but Well, like... That was, that was, I'd say, one of the two winters where I, I remember driving from Monaghan to Mayo, and that would be a trip of like three and a half to four hours, depending. And it took six, six and a half hours to actually make that trip. And at a certain point, I think coming into Mayo, I was just following the tire tracks of a car that was ahead of me i had no idea if i was still on the road i i could see the tracks of some other car that had passed along ahead of me at some point but everything was just white and there was nothing in the way of grishing or anything like that you were yeah. driving in the rush of some other car so either this led into Mayo and ditch. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, does. it was one of those things like going, I'm going to either find where I'm going to or I'm going to find out where the last guy stopped and is still there I'm, waiting for rescue possibly. <laughs> and he sees you coming in and goes, oh, thank God, <laughs> I'm rescued. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I've got bad news for you, my friend. <laughs> we have a problem here. Uh, I am not it. No. <laughs> I hope you have a flair. Oh, yeah. So I mean, that was that was a t- tough winter. Um, like the floods are no joke. The the last time the, uh, the floods came, people lost their livelihoods. People lost their homes. It was it was re- it was relentless. It just seemed to go on and on. And the government, obviously, you know, there's not much they they can do about weather. I was recently watching uh, the Crown. I don't mm. know if you've seen it. And the 
fog descends, really, really bad fog, 1953 or thereabouts. Yes, yes. Fog descends on uh, London and people are being killed or running out on their buses and so on. And Winston Churchill is like, it's fog, it'll go away. There's not much I can do about it. <laughs> now, on to the business of the day. I mean, people are angry though and their houses have been swept away and, you know, their sheep uh, are having to be rescued by the military and, and so on. And people are turning to the government and going, this is your fault. Yeah. Um, do something, and then you have Simon Harris coming down to have a look at it. It I has mean, to be said that politicians arriving at the, the site of natural disaster. Disasters. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing against Simon Harris, but he's a very youthful looking minister. Yes. So you're hoping for uh, leadership and statesmanship in this case, and you, you, everything that's dear to you in the world, bar maybe your actual family members, has just been swept away. Yeah. In in the floods, and then Simon, Simon comes down to tell kayaking. you, yeah, kayaking uh, to tell you it'll be all right. You're like, eh. yeah, <laughs> that's in the message. That's Can you message. swim at least, Simon? Tell me that. I think when it comes to flooding, though, it's something we just become to fear as and yeah. as and, and and I do go back to that. We're not a country, thankfully, that really has much to worry about when it comes to natural disasters but flooding has become very very prevalent in recent yeah. years it has become much more significant much more widespread and part of that is because we have built in areas which previously were floodplains like yeah we have the callows and the shannon and so on yeah uh, and seemingly all, everywhere along the lee yeah well this is the thing all of our major cities have expanded and all of our major cities are on rivers well, uh, yeah. on the coast for stop. Thanks to the Vikings. Thanks, Vikings. Yes, we can go back to the Vikings. Bunch of jerks. Yeah, and absolutely no foresight. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. here we are, almost <laughs> two thousand years later, fifteen hundred years like, later. Could you just not have picked a hill? You know, yeah, like, I had could to you, pick. Could you just bloody... like pick somewhere nice and a little bit yeah. more like plateauy? Like, why can't you be more like the Normans and other people who who build castles? Look at them; they yeah. built a lovely place on top of that hill over they there. They built hills themselves. Yeah. They, actually, they they just didn't show up and kind of say, "There's nice hill." They said, "I want a better hill than what you've got." Our capital translates into Blackpool. There's a lot of Blackpools in Ireland. You know, I <laughs> mean, really, age. thanks Vikings. Well, like we are, we we are in a country that deals with rain poorly all yeah. right which is odd considering and, and we, we are born practically damp <laughs> <laughs> but we deal with rain poorly look so go cracking and then flooding oh my god flooding just hits us right right where it hurts because we have a national obsession with with land to start and with the like we're a very agricultural nation to start True. with we also have a very strong connection with um, buying your own property and owning your own homes. And yeah. that means that if you have something like flooding, flooding is one of those things that, unlike a fire, which tends to be a fire in a single spot, flooding yeah. tends to affect entire communities, yeah. entire areas. And unfortunately, if you have built a house in a particular area, then there's a good chance you're not the only house in the area. So it's widespread. And it's not a case that that yeah. house is something that is a property that you're renting. That is a property that you own, that sure. you may even have built. Yeah. And it may be some place that you've actually lived or fam your family has lived in for quite some time. Yeah. So there's a deep personal connection and flooding is that type of natural phenomenon that can literally force you out your home. And I think that a lot of, like that's a, it's a fear that yeah. like a lot of people have. But see, like areas seem to be flooding that never flooded before. And I can kind of understand it in Turlock country. Hmm. And uh, for though I, I I presume most people most Irish people know what turlocks are. They're you know where the underground water is kind of close to the surface, and yeah. you know they brim up to to the surface, particularly in winter, and you get like lakes literally where there was nothing there in in the summer. Yes. But I I kind of remember them going away a lot in the um in the summer, and now like up around Ballinasloe, it seems to be permanently. Well, uh, part of it is... Turlocked. Is that the... I don't know if that's the verb. Flooded. Flooded. Well, I think part of it is, like, we've had we've had our weather change. Our weather has changed. I mean, like, yeah. we are, like, looking at, like, the real consequences of climate change now. We're actually dealing with it. And um, we probably have, like, two options, as I see it. We, we're either going to turn around and deal with climate change 
and we are going to become better, or I think more likely, we are going to start building better flood defences. Uh, yeah, and actually here in Cork, wasn't there uh, some money put aside for... Oh, there's major money. For uh, for flood defences. There's been huge money um, already put into flood defences. There's yeah. a lot more planning gone in for further flood defences. Um, I think it's, it's maybe something of the cynic in me that actually says that I suspect that we're going to be a lot better at learning to live with it than we are learning to stop it. Can we hire some Dutch people, I wonder, to just have, like, sort us out with a plan there, Dutch people. Like, your whole country is below sea level. You've got something going on. Yeah, you get flooded less than we do. Yeah. Possibly. That they might be a thing. We, we, we could turn to the Dutch and see how they do it, but I'm... It's pretty... simple, really. That was my uh, James Bond slash Dutch person there. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, job. I wouldn't go with yeah, that one. But yeah, they do it really well. They say, well, well, okay, hold on a second though. Hold on a second. Well, but, oh, hold on, bear in mind, the entire country is below sea level. Yeah, but I mean, like, we have to, we live in the era of, like, ultra facts. I mean, like, is that true? Or is it just a case that they're just very good at actually promoting, the, <laughs> like, the dry bits now as the tourist Actually 10 centimetres regions? above sea level. Don't yeah. tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Our whole tourist industry is built on it. <laughs> It's actually, there's only like five square miles of actual dry land in the entire of the Netherlands. That's it. It's just that bit there where you see the tulips. That's, that's it. it. That's yeah. all there is. Everything else is actually underwater at the moment. Yeah. They're all wearing Wellingtons all the time. Come back in July. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it dries out a bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just have a flattery. Do you know that bit in Brazil when he's actually driving and he does the beautiful countryside? In the movie Brazil? Yeah, the movie Brazil. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was, yeah. a, that was an odd movie. That is an odd movie. Yeah. But there's that wonderful bit where he's actually driving and on either side of him, we have this beautiful countryside. Yeah. And then you rise up and you actually see that that's actually just the projection on the screen. It's kind of this wasteland, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going, yes, we are much better, I think, at just figuring out ways to live with these things than we are to actually stop them happening in the first yeah, place. Yeah, we're quite, actually, yes. There's something about Irish people. It's like, ah, it's fine. Look, we'll just have to put up with it. Mm. Just put up with it and it'll go away. It's not going to go away. Ah, okay. Well, I suppose we just have to learn to how to deal with it. Yeah. We we could tackle some of the root causes, maybe get get down a bit deeper, do something at that level. Nah. No, it's like the rain. You just yeah. get used to it. Just get used to it. Yeah. It'll go away or it won't, as Winston Churchill said. So, okay, which uh, again also seems like a, a nice point to actually uh, turn around and uh, bring up uh, Ireland's natural enemies, thus the sun. Yes, not the British. Not the British. Yeah, a lot of people actually think that, but you would be wrong. Yes. British people are fine. The sun, however, it's always waiting for you. Yeah. Whatever else, like historically, we've had our differences with various different peoples and races yep. and religions, etc. That's et fine. Et These things are to be expected These down through history. But like, we have lived on this island of ours for generations, centuries, millennia. Yep. And we still can't take a tan. Not to save our lives. No. We... Uh, not even remotely. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I... You know, maybe there are like there's probably two or three people. I know people who could take a tan. Thinking I could, so but th- that's the thing. It's like going, I know somebody who can take a tan. It's almost like going. And did you hear Fred's friend? You know, like I right. hear <laughs> he was actually yeah, outside. Like you brought this up already. We have had different relations with with other nations down, and and particularly with Spain and France. And there, you know, the Spanish came here. They they mingled with the population. You know, their sailors were in the ports. I bet Fred's friend uh, has some Spanish that. blood in him, yeah. and that's why he can take yeah. a tan. I'm just, I'm just saying that ge- genetically, we just don't seem to take to it. it. It seems to be a case that we are. I born so easily. Yeah, it's it's not funny. It's well, it, no, because sunburn is not funny. Sunburn is not something we should be joking about. We should be talking about this much more seriously. Because no, I um, do you remember '95? Didn't he? 95, uh, I think it was a year off Lee Wonder Hurling. Just going to put that in there. Um, but also is the warmest summer on record. Not not like we, you know, we had the hottest temperature ever recorded, but over the entire course of the summer, it 
was the hottest summer on record. Mm. 96 was really hot as well. We we owned a dog, right? Mm. It was a pup. We had him a short while. We were outside. It rained a little bit. The dog went insane. He was just ran around the house for about 15 or 20 minutes howling. And we were like looking at him going, what is the matter with that dog? We realized he'd never seen rain before. It had gone weeks without raining. It was, and that summer I got sunstruck. I was working uh, in a field thinning turnips, okay. I think. Could have been beets. I can't remember. Uh, didn't have a hat on. The backs of my ears looked like rashers. They were purple. I shit you not when I say I went home, drank a jug of water on the spot, took out some ice cubes, cubes, and they were actually melting as I put them up to the back of my neck. And then I went to sleep, and apparently my parents came into the room and looked at me and went, should we take him to hospital? Yeah. Oh, it was pretty bad. That was the first time I ever got sunstroke. The first, like the first really bad sunburn, like the like one that I can genuinely remember experiencing, like the, the proper full body experience of actually going, I am sunburned and I regret this so badly now, <laughs> was again, like as a teenager, we were cleaning up a graveyard. Yeah, as yeah. you do. And it was, it was summertime, but it wasn't a really nice summer or anything like that. And mm. the day had started off in the nicest way possible for an Irish summer day. Overcast, but warm. Lawbrag grain at Vian. Oh, and, and <laughs> those are the days you really look forward to. You know, when it's warm out, there's a light breeze, but it's overcast. So... You get the best of everything. Yeah, really. I like those days. I actually. love those days. Those are nice. Those are a bit the of best a summer days. Yeah. yeah, but unfortunately, you know, as the day progressed, the clouds parted. Right. Mm-hmm. The sky started to clear. The sun came into play, but the breeze remained. So as I spent my afternoon cleaning gravestones and cleaning up this graveyard, I was not quite aware of the fact that it was as sunny as it really was. Wicking the moisture away from your, your skin. Yeah. Yeah. So it was breezy. It was beautiful. And then like six hours later, at no point oh. there being any hats or sunscreen or oh, anything no. like that. And I'm now kind of like going, hmm, I wonder why everything feels funny. And then the pain started to kick in. Oh, oh, and you know what? Then it's after the fact, it's like going, because like, I'm wearing a t-shirt, right? And I'm wearing jeans because... Both from pennies. You know, we're not wearing shorts, <laughs> we're in jeans. Yeah. So like, my legs are fine. That's all right. But both of my arms, like, are destroyed. My face is destroyed. But it's the back of my neck. It's that little bit in between the hairline yeah. and the top of the t-shirt. Yeah. Just where it's so awkward to reach or do anything. And you're already in a position where it hurts to move, let alone doing something complicated in a part of your body you can't even see. Yeah. And every time you look around, it hurts. And if you lie down, because like everything else you might be able to get away with, but not there. Yeah. No. Because if you lie on your face, your face hurts. And on your back, <laughs> your neck hurts. There and this has no happened to me ground. so often. And it's just a sinking sensation as the sun begins to go down, things are getting cooler, and you're thinking, oh, I've got sunburned, haven't I? It's probably not that bad. You're hoping, you're praying it's not that bad. And as it gets cooler outside, you really you realize, I'm still the same temperature. If anything, now, by comparison, I feel way, way hotter. And you're like, this is going to be a doozy. This one is going to be bad. <laughs> and everybody else is like, the cats are in the local area are coming towards you. <laughs> you're already you're emanating waves of heat, and you're the, now the warmest thing. So they're like putting their little paws out to warm themselves against you. You know, you know when it's bad. You know when it's bad. It's when you've actually gone and like going. I am now using sunscreen and after sun at the same time. Because I am desperately trying to stave off whatever sun is still out there. What yeah. seems like dealing with the pain. The light reflected in. from the moon. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's some forward thinking right there. Yeah, just yeah. like, well, like, go whole hog. I, 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 at a certain point, you've got nothing to lose. It, look, maybe, maybe, maybe it counteracts each other. Maybe it yeah. doesn't. But uh, like, realistic, all you're doing is trying to make yourself feel better. You know. What's the hottest you've ever been in? 
What's I that? presume it's abroad. At some point you were abroad. Oh yeah. The hottest out for thirty something, I think it was. Nothing ridiculous. Like if it like I'm pretty certain that if I went anywhere where it got like into the forties, I'd probably just, you know. Yeah, I've been in forty plus pool. once or twice. Like melt, I just pool. You just stay inside. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Singapore one day got insanely hot. Even the Singaporeans were like Oh no, I can't go outside. I think it was 42 or something. Like, stupid. Like, electronics stopped working, uh, really, at that point. You know, <laughs> you know, really, if like, you get your, whatever it is, your electronic device, it's, yeah. you know, it says, and, and every time I read this, you know, do not expose to temperatures more than 50 degrees. I think, what do people in Darwin in Australia do? You, know, I, you just stick them in the fridge, I suppose. Yeah. yeah what happens to the fridges? Does the fridges stop work working as well? Uh, I, no, I should. Is there, I, is there a critical mass? It could be. I don't know where it's. <laughs> <laughs> where the fridge is now just like splitting the difference and everything's at plus 15 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Look, <laughs> I like the idea of a smart fridge where the basic design is like, look, we've given up on the food. <laughs> this is all about self preservation at this point in time, right? That's I'm protecting thing. my internal electronics. That's it. Right. Like damn, the fridge has an AI. That's <laughs> smarter than us. Oh no, the, the fridge, the fridge is figured out. The Internet of Things <laughs> has gone too far. <laughs> yeah, the hottest I've been in, I, yeah, probably forty something degrees, and it just it was ridiculous. Like because the humidity as well would would knock you down. You could, you know, streak your hand through the air, and and you could see how humid it was. It was just crazy. Yeah, I think. Mid 30s, 35, 36, and I was in Italy. But because, because I knew I was going to be in this type of a situation, I was prepared. Mm. I'd brought along two liters of water with me. Uh, and I was drinking it on a, basically on a minute by minute basis. Good I idea. Was, I was strategically layered with <laughs> cotton. You know, ah, I had and a linen. And I had my suntan lotion. In one pocket, in it, and my after son in the other. You can't, you can't see this, but Park is making gestures like, like he had them in a holster, like in a western. Please tell me you had them in a. No. That no. would be awesome if you if you had like the sun tan lotion on your left. I hand. was I, I I like I have been I I did a <clears throat> I did a, a stretch of the Camino and I was mocked. For the amount of suntan lotion, really? And I was like, yeah, I was actually. Um, it was all a good jest, but there was a certain. It must have been pretty warm over there, wasn't it? It was like this was like it was September. It was beautiful weather, but yeah. like at the same time, I had I had to wear sunscreen. I had to wear like fucking factor fifty because if I didn't, I, it was just going to be the case I would get burned. Right. And like, I was hanging out with people who were all from different parts of the world which all get a lot more sun <laughs> than we so do everywhere else <laughs> so everywhere else and they were all like going that's you seem to be kind of like applying it like constantly like going yes i have to it wears off <laughs> you have no idea what will happen to me if the sun and i actually get on a like name basis a first name basis if the sun and i on a first name basis <laughs> We have based and, and entered into some kind of intimate relationship. I am going to get burned. I'm going to get burned at every possible interpretation of that phrase. Like every, my, like my forefathers before me and their fathers. <laughs> before them. All of whom still had the same tan lines. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Because they got burnt into them one summer and it never went away. That line, that's not from today. That's genetic. I was born with that line. My father still had the same tan line. After one summer holiday, we went on a three years later, he had the exact same V burnt into <laughs> his chest <laughs> from one summer holiday. I mean, like, we saw, I think, two days of actual sun at the beach, and bam, that was it, done. I tell you, but that's all it takes. You, when, you, when you get that one day, um, and this happens, you know, when you're, you're there for maybe a week or two, and you're thinking, I'm going to be super cautious for the first few days. I'm going to put on 50 degrees left, right, and center. So, and you get out of the pool, you put it on, and you, you know, later that day before you go back out for lunch, you put it on, you're putting it on all the time. And maybe you're on the sixth day, you're thinking, maybe I've acclimatized. <laughs> <laughs> you start lying to yourself and making up all of these things. Because that's, that's how genetics works. Yeah. Um, I probably, all right. I'll tell you what, I'll skip it. That, 
this every second time and we'll see how we get on and then later that evening the sun starts to go in and you're like oh god no no why did i do that i'm still the same temperature and then the <laughs> local neighborhood cats come right yeah. towards you and like oh jesus this is gonna hurt it's basically skipping leg day it's like kind of like yeah. you regret it afterwards mm. um yeah and you're like Fuck it let's just go to the pub because dehydration that'll help we like we're talking about this i think it's two relatively sensible people and yet guarantee you the minute that we have the prospect of sun in ireland the people's mentalities basically changes from huh, sun that's something we need to be careful of mm. Mm, sun better get that as quickly as it's going come on <laughs> quickly before it it's sold me. out <laughs> strip off every item of clothing that i can get away with and still maintain yep. a level of public decency and throw myself onto the nearest beach or thing that could be called a beach and in ireland <laughs> we take that definition quite liberally yeah it's quite a loose you know, it's a shoreline, really, is what we're talking yeah, about Yeah, it's here. like, well, it could be more shaly than anything else. Yeah, so it'll it'll still need not be the coast. It might be just a shoreline of a lake. And, That'll do. And it will just be a case. It will just be people everywhere. And it'll look, it, it will be about 50-50, regardless yeah. of whether or not there's actually any suntan lotion going on there. Because, like, sure. like There's I no mean, time. There's, there's no, no time to stop. No time to stop, you know, yeah. just to pick it up. The sun could go away at any moment. Well, yeah, and of course, like, pharmacies aren't prepared for these eventualities. They have a certain <laughs> amount of stuff. And it's mainly geared towards people leaving. In the bottle of Garnier, sixteen euro. Ah, well, yeah. quickly! There's three people behind you who want to <laughs> pay it. We can get away with the same thing. Olive oil does the same thing, doesn't it? That's that's a oh, thing they use. Yeah, I actually know someone who put flora on their skin one year and said, "I think it might have been ninety five or ninety six. Didn't go well." Put, put I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I bet they smelled lovely afterwards. Mm, they're like bacon. Mm. What is that? That's cooking. Yeah, and it's it's odd because like obviously the sun is our ancient enemy. Yes, but it's it's, it's a complicated world. relationship. <laughs> we built Newgrange. Uh, I presume it was something like, "We're sorry, please don't go away, come back." <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea of it. Newgrange being one of those things that kind of going, "Okay, so when it does this, this is when we need to stay indoors." Yeah, and when it's not doing that, we're okay. Yeah, you know. I wonder was it suntan lotion uh, related. Back in the, the sun gets all the way down the chamber, you're fine. Yeah. If it doesn't get all the way down the chamber, it means it's not the height of winter. Lash on your factor fifty lads. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the <laughs> the ancient mud, equivalent mud was. Moss. Yeah, yes. mud and moss. Lash mud it on there. Or probably just fear. It's like going, the sun is out, well I'm just gonna hide now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like well, have you wondered the entire thing with like the Aztecs and the human sacrifice was it no, yeah it was the Aztecs yeah the, the Incas yeah. had the Inca trail and the Aztecs had the human sacrifice that was so their tourist attraction yeah. Yeah, it was how you keep it going Everyone come for the food stay for the human sacrifice yeah, yeah. maybe they were, maybe this weren't into skincare maybe all that blood was actually there for like because they actually said no you know what isn't cutting it blood mm-hmm. blood is actually what you need to actually try and maintain good healthy skin Sure, why not? I, mean, I think Cleopatra did, was it goat's milk or cow's milk? Milk, anyway. She used to bathe in it. Really? Yeah. Wait a second. I may have missed a beat here. Cleopatra used to bathe in goat's milk or... Something. Some kind of milk Some for her milk skin. For her skin, mm. okay. Yes. That, for her skin and she lived in, in Egypt. Egypt's not, pretty not hot. to actually prevent herself from getting a tan because I'm pretty certain that, that would not work or you just smell like curdled cheese all the time uh, maybe yeah but like I think you would anyway because what she lived in Egypt it's pretty hot so if we take a step back from this entire conversation but just focus in on Cleopatra for a moment right so we can both agree that historically she is meant to have bathed in some form of milk apparently okay yeah and we both agree that Egypt traditionally is considered to be hot as fuck yeah and the ancient Egyptians probably lacked much in the way of like refrigeration. I know they were advanced for yeah. their day, but I don't think they had uh, refrigeration. So basically, Cleopatra may have spent a large amount of time bathing in large tubs of milk that was at the very least warm and probably rapidly going off. Yeah. Or curdling. Mm-hmm. She Charming, huh? It's, I have to say, it kind of takes away a little bit from her sex appeal. It does, like yeah. The reality, these are the things you know. When you meet your heroes, they're never what you thought they were going to be. <laughs> oh, the great beauties from history, and here we have Cleopatra's like, yeah. oh, okay. It's the yes. one thing you can't get from an oil painting is the smell. Is this... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't expect 
expect that? These people are all very lovely looking, yes, but apparently they smell terrible. None of them bathe. None of yeah. them bathe at all. Well, no, Cleopatra did, but that just made it worse. I think I I, I heard somewhere that uh, the the Apennine, what was the the road that Caesar and conquering heroes would come back down? Oh, uh, begin with a. I think the Apennine. The, the, uh, the Aventine. The Aventine. Uh, anyway, they would come yeah. back down, but on either side of it, it was uh, lined with bay trees to mask the smell of pee uh, from people. But that, I think that had more to do with their clothing because uh, they used dye. the ammonia. Yeah. 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 But I, I would imagine people would also, like in a crowded city, like back then, would smell pretty bad. Now, I'm not saying that after a 35 degree summer's evening, in an Irish pub, everybody smells like a bed of roses. Um, yeah, and to be fair, one thing about the smoking man back in the day, that 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 smoke, if nothing else, just meant that everything did smell the same. Yeah, just of uh, smoke, basically. Whilst these days we get a whole set of aromas. Yeah. Um, I do you feel bad for smokers now that they have to go out in this kind of weather? Like it's still lashing outside. Smokers have to. I kind of feel like they're looking in sometimes, going. Ooh. I feel <laughs> literally like I've been banished to the outside. Or having having had a family member die effectively from smoking, I'm inclined not to be too sympathetic. You're like, look, give it up, come back in, yeah. join the rest of us in the warmth. Yeah, because I I know people who have given up smoking as a result of that being a thing. Yeah, you know, like the entire having to actually go outside and actually do like. Because it has made them much more conscious of how often they're smoking. Because it's not just a case that you can just have a cigarette. You actually have to consciously step up and... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, actually. Mm. Um, I wanted to talk about weather and seaside resorts before we wrap everything up. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say if we're talking about sun or the illusion of sun... Yeah. Um, the hope also, of it. The hope of it. Then we also need to talk about Irish seaside resorts. Or what we call Irish seaside resorts. Yeah. Or, I have to admit, largely what I associate with Irish seaside resorts are porter cabins. <laughs> but not porter cabins, that's not what, quite the right word for it. Holiday homes. Holiday homes, yeah. But, like but caravans and yeah, mobile homes. The, I'm not sure what the exact term is for that you know like those holiday chalets you know like it's it's like it's not quite a permanent structure yeah but it's basically a porter cabin it's a nicer porter cabin yeah i think that's basically what i associate with irish i think most city. people can kind of picture it yeah. in their head from bundorn like, and salt hill and yeah it's like you know that episode from father ted where they kind of go I, just, I love that episode because it just reminds me of like every holiday ever that every irish person has said we're all going to bundorn or somewhere and you're just sitting there looking out at the grey ocean as <laughs> wave after wave of misty rain hammers the seaside resort of Pundorn. It's not forgiving. It <laughs> it's not like, forgiving when it comes to the summertime. <laughs> and everybody's like getting grumpier with each other. And you're like, if I play one more game of Snap, I'm going to Snap myself. Oh, 45. For, yeah. Actually, 45 was better. You know, it just became much more competitive. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit more strategy. Yeah, to yeah, it. The, yeah. It, it kind of honed everyone's skill to um, it, look. You're all trolling together. Yeah, your entertainment options are limited. Back in the day, you have four TV channels. Two of them are shite, mm. you know, and the other two are hit and miss because you're literally in the middle of nowhere on holiday. Yeah, and the weather outside is terrible, mm. and it's pissing rain, and everything smells of cabbage, yeah. and you're in. <laughs> If you're in a rented, like, holiday home or This is not the 1800s. Or... This is, you know, the 80s. Yeah. And then you've got a deck of cards, and you can build stuff with it. But, you know, if you're building a house of cards, you're taking up the cards. So that's a limited option. Yeah. All right. So that's that's a one-person deal. Um, and then the snap, but then that quickly turns into just hitting each other, which any parent in the right mind will stop snap before it becomes an option on the table. Yeah. Quickly. Because the alternative, though, is you play 25 or 45, and people start leveling accusations of reneging. Well, no, that's the thing, though. At least when you actually get into 25 <laughs> and 45, at a certain point, you're kind of going, okay, this turns into a game of skill and chance. And it's 
it's only to vent, you know, as I yeah. kind of going, you know, yeah, I'm playing my heart. See, I mean, you're responsible for bringing me I here. I think we went to um, Salt Hill and somewhere down in Wexford as well. Somewhere, and like, if the weather was in any way okay, people just kind of, I think parents just went, you know what, this may be as good as it gets. I think Irish people are quite practical in that way. They're like, let the kids run around. It's fine. They're kids. Mostly, you let them just do, run riot on the beach. doesn't matter what it's like. They're just happy, right? And you're <laughs> sitting there going, man, I can't believe I took annual leave for this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just enjoying going, can you think back to your youth? Because I have to admit that largely when I think of like summer holidays, it, it, it mostly consists of like, we go somewhere to the beach again like beach and yeah, a very beach loose, a loose term yeah. loose definition of beach and then we find the sun and then we get badly sunburned and then we spend several days in <laughs> <laughs> there because we have killed ourselves practically covered in chamomile lotion <laughs> no but like everything sticks yeah. and we're sticking to everything things are sticking to us things peeling you know like I can't eat like the more I talk about this, the more I flash back to how much of my life I actually spent watching the skin on my arm peel off it. I, I'm just so envious of people of colour with their lovely golden coloured skin or maybe their lovely black skin. Oh, and it's like, God. yeah, and you can go outside as well, I hear, apparently, without <laughs> bursting into flames. That must be nice. Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Did everything smell of chamomile lotion and cabbage? And they're just looking at you going, Irish people are strange. What's wrong with you? It's just like kind of going, we, we just kind of, we build bad sandcastles and we just regret the entire yeah. three. Our process has got us there. And everywhere you looked was just pink people with bad <laughs> perms. And Every time I see an Australian soaper on Trader Steelers and there's that, that one guy who's just red all the time. You know, like he's just, he's just <laughs> lobster red. It's like going, that's, that's us. Yeah. That 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 that's all us. I am so sorry. And then the sorry. crappy little shovel that you 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 got in the net, you know, with the little bucket oh, and the and that breaks and it snaps, oh, and you're yeah. like, well, that's there's no sandcastles for me, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, no, man, up. That's hands. <laughs> you know, like we're we're in this. We're committed. I mean, like, okay, we don't have much sand to work with here, but whatever we can get, we're back to the snow scenario all over again. Yeah. Irish beaches often were like. Go, like an Irish winter like an Irish snowy winter you know like that winter wonderland that, yeah. that you watched on TV you didn't get that in the same way that going to the beach in Ireland was more of a kind of like well there's definitely the ingredients of a beach yeah. here possibly there's a like, coastline there's water and there's something that could pass for sand yeah. alright our holidays were like if you want to liken them to pictures you were shown a picture of you know the, the Santa in Lapland with the snow mm. and so on and then or for the summer version, you got shown, you know, some beautiful sandy white beach somewhere in the Mediterranean or somewhere. And then imagine those pictures were just left for 40 years in the window and the sun, our ancient enemy, drained the life and the color out of everything. And what you're that's left the, with that's, is yeah. a Santa Claus, a dodgy Santa Claus in a suit that doesn't fit him with a beard that's not quite right on, sitting inside of a community center somewhere yeah. in the middle of nowhere, surrangded by kids who are all deeply suspicious of this entire range. <laughs> it seems awful familiar. dodgiest little fucking gifts that you know someone spent all of 20 pence on in the first place. Why does he have the same shoes of my uncle? He's a cabbage. <laughs> There's a thing, people. The boots. Kids notice the boots on Santa Claus's. Just, I know this is off topic, but get it right. But yeah, we we, we just, we never, we can't really get the summery bit right. We can't really get the wintry bit right. If only... You know, modern literature and movies somehow romanticize drizzle. We we be on it. We be a huge tourist We've destination. We've already agreed that, as far as we're both concerned, the nicest day of the year is one where basically we can't see the sun, but it's kind of warm out, and but there's a little yeah. bit of a breeze to take the edge yeah. off. And the blossoms are on the trees, and it's like, oh, thank God, winter's behind me. Don't get don't get ahead of ourselves. I don't care what time of the year it is. <laughs> if it's overcast, slightly warm, and there's a slight breeze, I got I greedy. That's so what happened. Happy. I just got greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> The sun wasn't <laughs> out, but there was a breeze. <laughs> I just thought to run on myself. Going, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think we should leave it while, while we're... It was for a head. Yeah. Also ahead. Okay. While, while there's a nice breeze. So, I think that wraps up for this week. I think it does. Yeah. And uh, it'll continue to rain here.
well it's forecast for the next three days so yeah of course absolutely um, and Meta Aaron are never wrong about that uh, when it comes to the length of time it's going to rain they are much more on the ball than the length of when it is actually going to rain yes. or not rain or when, if it's going to be sunny else. yes in which case they're invariably I think guessing yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would just say this as a parting comment if Enda Kenny mm. came on mm. every day on the television uh, at, just after the news and lied barefacedly to the people of Ireland the way Matt Heron do. The government had fallen long ago. I don't know how they... Oh, and tomorrow it'll be sunny. You're like, you liar! You stand there with your makeup on you, and you lie. Which is more likely? We change it, or we get used to it. <laughs> That's fine. We just, <laughs> it's only six minutes long anyway. Just put up on it. It's fine. What's on after? Nationwide. Oh, good. All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for putting up with us. Okay.